Hi, and welcome to the Where We Go From Here podcast produced by S2G Ventures. In this episode, Walter Robb sits down with Jeff Nobbs, founder and CEO of Zero Acre Farms, to discuss the launch of the company's first product, Cultured Oil. From Jeff's personal background in the health and nutrition space to his commitment to reversing rates of chronic disease and improving environmental outcomes in the agricultural sector, Jeff discusses why he chose to focus on vegetable oils and why he believes fermentation will provide the solution. You can learn more and even purchase Zero Acre Farms cultured oil online at zeroacre.com. Welcome everybody to the S2G podcast, where we go from here. And we're very excited to talk today to Jeff Dobbs, the founder and CEO of Zero Acre Farms, a man on a mission to replace destructive vegetable oils with healthier, more sustainable ones. Jeff, welcome to the S2G podcast. Thanks, Walter. Wonderful to be here. So your mission, let's talk about it. What is it? Our mission is to give the world an oil change. And when we say an oil change, we're not talking about the oil in your car. We're talking about the oil that you put in your body. So like you alluded to right now, people eat a lot of vegetable oils and uh, those oils are problematic. So we want to change that. You've had quite a bit of experience as an entrepreneur prior to launching Zero Acre Farms. So maybe share with our listeners a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. I've always been fascinated and interested in food, even going back to middle school. I was the weird kid who would bring like chicken breast and radishes to school and not drink soda because it had sugar in it. I don't know why I was wired that way, but it, it just seemed obvious to me that if there was something like a soda that we knew was bad for you, why would you, you know, why would I consume it? Some health issues in my family really put put health and diet center stage for me. Ultimately, I, I ended up spending most of my time kind of just doing my own research on the foods we put in our body and what actually happens down to the molecular level when we eat different foods. You know, what happens when we eat gluten? Okay, there's all this talk about gluten-free. What does that actually mean? What's gluten doing inside of our body? What's sugar doing inside our body? What's the difference between sugar and high fructose corn syrup? Partly because diet is up there with politics and religion in terms of being controversial. And so, you know, everyone had a different answer. So I wanted to find out for myself. I had started a business in college uh, in the the e-commerce space, nothing to do with food, more just kind of learning how to run a business. And that business was ultimately acquired in my mid twenties. So I was free to pursue my real passion, which was food. I opened up a restaurant in the Bay area, which is now a chain of restaurants called Catava. It's a healthy, fast, casual restaurant. And, you know, was doing everything from chopping onions to putting up our Instagram posts and trying to get people in the restaurant and just learned a ton about food and, you know, kind of how restaurants think about food in in my mid twenties, worked on some other projects as well in in software, um, in consumer packaged goods, a company called Perfect Keto, which was uh, selling online snacks and supplements for ketogenic diets with, without vegetable oils. We, We were kind of on the forefront of that. And then of course, without a lot of sugar or refined carbohydrates. But the problem I had been banging my head against the wall on for the better part of the last 10 years was the oils and had a heck of a time finding a good oil for our restaurant. And so doing all my own research and realizing, hey, these vegetable oils are really bad for you. And then getting more into the sustainability side and realizing they have this horrible negative environmental impact. And then starting to starting a restaurant and having a hard time finding a cooking oil that we actually felt good using. You know, all that kind of culminated into the idea for Zero Acre Farms, in addition to coming across a bunch of interesting science on oil fermentation. You talk about this being the single most significant change in the human diet. How did you come to say that? Yeah, we've done a lot of work on this, on this analysis, and I've sort of been obsessed with what makes people sick for, gosh, the last 15 years. And, you know, in the, in the last several years, 
have also become obsessed with what foods do we need to eat to have the best environmental impact. And vegetable oils are a food we came to as a, a lead domino to address both of those things. So in, in a lot of our analyses, we've, we've looked at what has changed in the human diet between the time of chronic disease being low single digit percentage of the population to today, where six in 10 American adults have a chronic disease like heart disease, diabetes, dementia. And there have been other reports, third-party reports on this subject as well. And, and the single largest change in the human diet during that time is the increased global production and human consumption of vegetable oils. They're now 20% of our calories and no other food has changed in line with increasing rates of chronic disease the way vegetable oils have, not saturated fat or sugar, carbohydrates, sodium, cholesterol, you name it. You know, these things are either uh, have, have flatlined for the last several decades or have actually uh, decreased. Vegetable oils, on the other hand, are continuing to increase and, and they're still the fastest growing subsector of global agriculture. Right. Well, let's dig into that a little bit in terms of the health. Let's talk about uh, the, the health impact of the oil. So I know you've done quite a bit of research on that. Yeah. And, and this is really where it all started. Uh, you know, I mentioned I've been a bit obsessed with this and, and that grew out of family members who were sick and ultimately succumbed to various chronic diseases. And it was a horrible experience. And I dedicated my life to figuring out why that happened and, and how I could maybe contribute to preventing it from happening to other people. And it's a new phenomenon, you know, like, like, like I touched on humans historically have not gotten or died of chronic diseases. And, and today it's, it's chronic diseases are responsible for seven out of 10 deaths. You know, heart disease is, is the number one cause of death in the world now. And, and so, you know, when we look at what's changed vegetable oils at the very top of that list, of course, that's just correlation, not causation, but the correlation is pretty strong. So there are certainly a number of other foods that are blamed for poor health issues, but if rates of chronic disease have skyrocketed while our consumption of those foods has not changed, then it probably isn't the leading driver. So the next step in looking at the correlation between vegetable oils and, and poor health and chronic disease is you know, the gold standard, of, gold standard of, uh, of answering the question, which is randomized controlled trials. And randomized controlled trials on the subject of uh, increased vegetable oil consumption show that we should not be eating these things. So th there's one in particular called the Sydney Diet Heart Study, and, and where one group consumed vegetable oils in, in high quantities. The other group consumed them in lower quantities, but total calories were the same. And the group eating more vegetable oils had a 62% higher risk of all-cause mortality or, or death. That's on par with things like heavy drinking and physical inactivity and you know more than moderate smoking up there with heavy smoking. There's this huge health issue and it primarily comes down to what vegetable oils are made of. And when we introduce new foods to the human diet, in unprecedented amounts. If those new foods contain a lot of new different compounds, different molecules that humans have never consumed before, typically doesn't end well. You know, you can think of trans fats, high fructose corn syrup, uh, Crisco, Olestra, et cetera. And the issue with vegetable oils is that they're very high in certain types of fats that are natural and found in all foods, but only about one or 2% of those foods are these fats like linoleic acid, for example. But in vegetable oils, they're as high as 50, 60, 75% of the fat profile. And so we're eating all these fats that we, that where there's no evolutionary precedent. And that contributes to a number of health issues, inflammation, oxidative stress, and then ultimately chronic disease and even, even weight gain and obesity. I think the second aspect of the use of vegetable oils really has to do with the environment. I'd like you to speak a little bit about the impact you think the vegetable oils have on, on the environment. 
Absolutely. It's a long list, unfortunately. And I'll preface by saying replacing vegetable oils isn't a panacea that will solve all of humanity's problems. There are a lot of other issues and a lot of other things that contribute to to climate issues, you know, specifically in finding more sustainable forms of energy. But agriculture is also a huge contributor. It's estimated it's, you know, depending on the report, between like 18 and 26% of emissions are from are from the food we make. And 20% of, of the food we eat are vegetable oils. So if we can significantly cut emissions, land use, water requirements from vegetable oils, it can have a meaningful impact. And that's, you know, that's just on kind of the carbon emissions and natural resources. There's also this other side of things, which is a bit harder to measure, but just comes down to, you know, local geographies and the impact of natural ecosystems and, and biodiversity loss and, you know, clean air and pollution and all of those sorts of things. So we, we look at this from a number of different measures, all that to say, when we look at deforestation, for example, which is one of the primary drivers of climate emissions, two of the top three drivers of deforestation are vegetable oil crops, specifically soy and palm oil. And deforestation is driving biodiversity loss at this unprecedented rate. You know, the statistics around that are pretty depressing around how many species we're losing, you know, every, every day due to deforestation and deforestation is the second largest contributor to climate change after, after fossil fuel combustion. The stats change every year, but it's something like 40 football fields of rainforest that we, that we lose every year just Mm -hmm. to deforestation. So deforestation is a big issue. Vegetable oils are, you know, two of the top three drivers. And the reason is they just use so much land because they're a very inefficient way to produce edible oils and fats. So approaching a third, about 30% of global croplands, like you alluded to, are devoted to vegetable oil crops. Yeah, more than basically all the other plant foods we eat, fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, potatoes, sweet potatoes, et cetera. It'd be one thing if we were using all this land to grow foods that like doubled our IQ or, or made us live to be 200 years old, but to do all this devastation for the environment to make foods that are bad for us, like we just talked about, is a system that just needs to change. And we published this. We have a whole sustainability report on our website. There hasn't been a good answer for what is an oil we can actually cook our food with that doesn't hurt my health and doesn't harm the environment. Right. And what's interesting is a vegetable oil continues to grow 2x, I think you're projecting over the next 20 years, and the next four years expected to grow 30%. So it's 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 a this, this concern with both health and the environment continues and continues unabated for the next number of years uh, without some sort of a change. Enter 08 for farms. By the way, this would be a good time for you to say your website so folks could get over there and take a look at all this information. But why sure. don't you say the website and then also say, you know, why do you call it 08 for farms? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I think when this podcast goes live, I think zeroacre.com will be up and cultured oil will be, uh, will be available for sale. The process of of coming up with the name Zero Acre Farms was a long one, like you know, coming up with any any startup name. We wanted to name the company that because it's such a new, different way of producing food. This process of fermentation that we're that we're using to produce edible oils and fats, and also by naming the company Zero Acre Farms, you know, the benefit is right there in the name. There's there's clearly a sustainability benefit. So the process of fermentation to produce edible oils and fats has about a 90% smaller environmental footprint than vegetable oil. And it's not zero square centimeters. Um, you know, the, the, we do require a little bit of land, even for things like our, our office and, and the fermentation process behind cultured oil. But zero is our goal. And zero refers to zero acres harm, zero deforestation, uh, and our continual effort to decrease the amount of land needed to produce these healthy and widely available 
cooking oils and fats. One stat that I think is pretty eye-opening, and this is already today, this isn't 10 years off, just a mid-sized fermentation facility produces about 90-fold more oil in a week than that same amount of land would produce from soybeans in a year. It rounds down to zero in many cases. Let's talk a little bit about what exactly is your oil and how do you produce it? And why should customers feel good about it? We produce it using fermentation. And what we like to say is that uh, cultured oil, which is the name of our first product, is, is made by fermentation, not deforestation. Something like a third of, of all food in the world is a result of fermentation from you know, bread, beer, wine, cheese, yogurt, even, even things you wouldn't otherwise expect like coffee and chocolate. They have all their, their flavors to thank for fermentation. Cultured oil is made by fermentation. And to take a step back and describe what that means, fermentation is a word that a lot of people have heard, probably everyone has heard. But if you ask someone to describe what is actually happening in the process of fermentation, you know, it's kind of like describing free radicals or antioxidants. Oh, I know the word and I know that's good, but what does it actually mean? So uh, fermentation in food is the process of microbial communities or, or cultures, as they're called, that convert natural sugars like those found in barley or milk or bread and converting them into things like beer and yogurt and wine and sourdough and, and all those sorts of things. So these microorganisms are literally chowing down on those natural sugars and they're producing these different compounds like lactic acid to give yogurt its tang or carbon dioxide to leaven bread or alcohol in beer. And there are also oil cultures and an oil culture can transform natural sugars from plants into healthy fats. And that's what fermentation is. And that's, that's how cultured oil is, is made by fermentation. What, what does that actually mean in terms of what I'm putting in, in, in my body um, and, and the impact on the planet? You know, we, we've, we've put this to the test with third-party tests and we've had, had third-party analyses looking at cooking cultured oil versus cooking olive oil, avocado oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, and others. And there, there's far less rancidity and oxidation in cultured oil. So it's just a much more stable cooking oil. And that means there's ultimately less oxidation in your body, which, which is a good thing. And then on the environment side of things, cultured oil uses about 10 times less land, water, and, and emits about 10 times less greenhouse gases than vegetable oil. And, the, and compared to some oils like avocado uses 300 times less. So lots of environmental benefits. And then what's, you know, what, what we're really excited about, what's most important to us is that you're not doing all this and sacrificing taste. It's not like you, you're making some big compromise. If anything, healthy fats taste better. And at least early indication from folks who have tried cultured oils that it tastes better than any other oil out there. It's sort of a, it's a neutral taste, um, kind of a light buttery flavor. Curious to hear also what you, what you think of the taste. Yeah, no, I think that describes it accurately. I have, uh, I've got my new bottle here, the product that's going to come to market shortly. And I do think that's, a, that's right. It's clean, light, easy to use, refreshing. I don't know, you, you step back and you look at the, the challenge around educating folks around this. Do you have a, a thought about what you think will be the most seminal messages from all of this that you've uncovered that we've talked about today? I think it's two-pronged. One is getting the really detailed information. You know, we're writing a bunch of this content and, and hiring scientists and researchers to, to kind of connect all the dots, um, but writing the really detailed content for the educators. We say educating the educators or influencing the influencers. And that goes into the weeds. You know, we're talking like 45-page documents on the link between uh, vegetable oil consumption and heart disease and, and helping to just kind of put that all in one place. Right now, it's scattered across various research papers and scientific literature. But that's certainly not what we expect the, av the average everyday consumer to be uh, reading, though some probably will. 
Um, so that's kind of on one side. And then the other is distilling that all down into very easy to digest education for customers, for consumers, so that you know when they see their, their mom or their sister or their son cooking with a, a corn oil, uh, with Mazzola or with Crisco, that they'll have an educated reason for why maybe that person should, should reconsider as opposed to just, you know, I, I read on the internet that this is bad. Um, we, we want to arm them with information about why it's bad and, and educate consumers as well. And, and I think both are, are really important and, and just doing one or the other, you know, just the really detailed science or just the very distilled consumer messaging, only doing one le- leaves a lot on the table. But that's kind of how we think about education. And then frankly, it really helps that we're not asking people to make a taste sacrifice. And I think that's what, if someone's going on a gluten-free diet or is giving up red meat or is trying to eat less sugar, like they're giving up really tasty foods and donuts taste good and bread tastes good and steaks taste good. And so when people try to avoid them, it's like, okay, let's do this. I got this big challenge in front of me. I got this. Whereas, you know, when you, when you switch to cultured oil or to a healthier fat, there's no sacrifice needed. So I think, I think that that does us a favor that helps on the educa- education piece too. Do you think that there's going to be a concern on customers point in terms of the, how this is produced, or there's going to be any questions raised there in terms of how it's produced and what they're putting in their body and how I'm transparent sh- will you be on your processes of making it? There will certainly be questions. Um, if the questions that have been raised over the last couple of years, as we're, you know, raising money and building the team and all that or any indication. I'm a customer. I mean, I'm also a customer, so I want to know what I'm putting in my body, and we're extremely transparent there. It's actually an unprecedented level of transparency in that when you're buying an avocado oil or an olive oil, first of all, you don't really know what you're getting. Is this actually olive oil? You know, you have no way of testing that. No, you don't have a lab in your kitchen to measure the fatty acid profile. And then even if it is olive oil, you don't really know the. You know, you don't know is it a is this a high monounsaturated olive oil or low monounsaturated? Does it have more or less saturated fat? What about the omega-6 fats? Every batch is different and there's no way to know. So, you know, we want to do something about that. For every bottle of cultured oil you buy, there's a QR code on the back and you can scan that QR code and see the detailed analytics for that particular bottle of oil. So for that exact bottle of oil you're buying, we know what batch it came from. And then we can tell you the detailed fat composition, you know, the antioxidant content, the free fatty acids and peroxide value and and everything that's important in, in making sure you know what you're getting. So that's on the health side. And then on the environment side, there's been a life cycle analysis performed for cultured oil. So you can also see, you know, exactly what you're getting or what the planet is getting. And so, you know, very transparent about that. There, there are some aspects of our supply chain and fermentation process that are trade secrets and, you know, are part of our secret sauce. But for, I think everything that matters to people, how is this made and what am I actually getting and what is its impact on the planet? All of that is you know, available for everyone to see on our website. Right. So I'm looking at the package right now and I can see it's gluten-free, plant-based, low linoleic. And it's also got, as you mentioned, the QR code in the back. It's Whole30, glyphosate-free, and also um, it's got a significant amount of information here for the customers to be able to able to uh, find out what they're using. You've gotten the life cycle analysis done. You've got the impact kind of substantiated in terms of the product. Any concerns going into the launch? The thing that keeps me up at night, you know, my biggest concern is there's so much to talk about on this product and people have shortest attention spans online and that's where we're launching the product. What do we focus on in our messaging? Is it more, Hey, this tastes great. Is it more about the health benefits? Is it more about the low environmental impact? Is it trying to capture all that into, you know, into one? So really it's just, it's about seeing what messaging is going to resonate 
And I think our biggest challenge is also our biggest opportunity in that this isn't something like, hey, it's you know olive oil, but more sustainable, or hey, this is avocado oil, but even healthier. It's a, it's a totally new category. It's not vegetable oils. It's not animal fat. It's cultured oils. And so with any new category comes a lot of education and, you know, education is always time consuming and challenging, but the opportunity there is we're in a position where we can really lead the charge in educating about the benefits of cultured oil. We're the only cooking oil on the market that's made by fermentation, but hopefully others will, will join us eventually because there's a lot of vegetable oil out there and there's a lot that has to be replaced. One area you haven't covered yet is the price the price point on this oil relative to others. Can you speak about that a little bit? So it's somewhere between like a canola oil and a premium extra virgin olive oil in the neighborhood of, of what you know other cooking oils cost. Depending on, on how many bottles you order online, it's between like 19 and 29 bucks for a bottle. And that's where we are today. Obviously, this is you know, this is the the top of the first inning. Um, we're just getting started. This is our first product and our first week. So, like any new product, the costs come down as we scale, as volume increases. There are certainly economies of scale. Even the things like cardboard boxes and bottles. You know, we're just paying a lot for them right now. That'll all come down over time. And as that comes down, we can put that into reducing the costs for customers, mm-hmm. and we can put that that extra margin into continued R and D to you know, to push research forward, to bring down the cost of fermentation. So all that comes into bringing the cost down over time and ultimately bringing the cost down, not only helps with consumers and, you know, s- selling uh, cultured oil online and eventually in retail, but also really helps when we are eventually thinking about selling into restaurants and packaged foods. That's not going to happen in the next month. It's going to take a little time, but we've been having some really interesting conversations. A lot of folks are interested. We just have some work to do to bring the cost down. Right. That makes sense. So we've been talking with Jeff Nobbs, the founder and CEO of Zero Acre Farms, which is getting ready to launch with their new cultured oil on July 26, 2022. Exciting, exciting stuff. A man with uh, a mission, cooking oil with a purpose, right? And uh, when you hear, when you cooking oil with a purpose, I love it. So for other entrepreneurs out there, the power of purpose, the power of having a purpose like cooking oil with purpose, what would you say about that? What would you share about that? I think it's central. Team is central. The people that are involved are so important in, in whatever business you're running. And you know, you can hire pretty good people, solid, fine people that are motivated by money and just kind of want to, you know, join whatever company they apply to. But you can hire really, really great people who are exceptional when you have a purpose and that purpose aligns with with their purpose. And what we believe as a company is that a healthier world is possible and that better oils and fats are are key to that. And so purpose is actually so core to what we do. It's one of our three core values. And it's, it's made bringing on amazing people really helpful. It's made focusing helpful. It's made raising money helpful, pitching to media. Everything we do just becomes so much easier when we actually stand for something and have purpose as opposed to you know building another social media app that increases conversion by 5% or something like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but to, I think have a really, really big impact and to just have a lot of fun. It helps a lot to have a very clear purpose. Right. I think it's a, I think it's a great purpose. So. I think we've covered the purpose. We've covered the benefits, both the health and the environmental. Jeff, anything else you want to add uh, to share with listeners about uh, Zero Acre Farms that we haven't covered today? I would just ask people to give it a try and let us know what feedback they have. And you know, we published a sustainability report and health report and really want to do the right thing here. But we are also very open to suggestions. So if anyone has any feedback for us, 
If anyone has any products they'd like to see made with cultured oil, shoot us a note and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Where We Grow From Here podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a review or better yet, share with a friend. For more information or to connect with us, check out s2gventures.com.